Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 177. Wow, it's already almost July, and right now the only competitive football we have going on that I'll be talking about in a few minutes is the under-21 But we have a lot of movement. We've got uh, manager news. We got various manager changes in Portugal. We've got some Portuguese managers being mentioned uh, with some big clubs in Europe, as well as, of course, Saudi Arabia. Obviously, we've already seen some players uh, move on to Saudi Arabia, like uh, Ruben Neves. We've even had some uh, uh, people move on to Dubai. So it's been a very, very busy summer. And I just saw some news that Celtics Jota might be going to Saudi Arabia as well. And I, that kind of came off as a real surprise to me, and I'll explain why in a few minutes, although obviously I would understand because of the money that he's likely being offered. Uh, we'll have not only manager update, player abroad update, we'll have the big three report, a lot to talk about this week, where various clubs such as Braga are beginning their preseason. Talk a little bit about Benfica's offseason, sporting and uh, Porto's, um, and then we'll wrap it up with items regarding uh, women's football in uh, Portugal and obviously also ended with uh, any news we might have about my favorite club in Portugal in the fifth tier. And of course, that is Atletico dos Arcos. But let me first start off, uh, obviously, the competitive football that is uh, left uh, this this time of the year, of course, is the under-21 finals and Portugal's under-21 did not start off very well, losing to Georgia, a bit of a shock to a lot of people. They then wound up uh, playing to a draw with um, Holland, the Netherlands. And then they came back, thanks to a Diangu Dantas late PK, and beat Belgium, and thanks to Georgia avoiding a defeat in the final match day. Uh, Portugal has advanced to the quarterfinals when at one point it looked uh, pretty uh, pretty bleak, like it wasn't going to happen. And as a result, Portugal this Sunday at 1700 time, Portugal, England, that's 12 o'clock noon in North America on the East Coast. Uh, Portugal will be playing England uh, in the quarterfinal uh, round on uh, Sunday. And uh, just to kind of give this a a bit of a preview, uh, first off, Portugal, as you know, has never won the under-21. It is the only trophy at the youth level that the Silesong has uh, never won. We've been to three finals, but we've never won. And uh, obviously, and and by the way, last week after they lost to Georgia, they hadn't played Holland and Belgium yet. I said that, you know what, maybe a little adversity at the beginning and maybe if they manage to squeak through to the elimination rounds, the knockout rounds, maybe this is what Portugal needs to finally get them over the top to win a Euro. And it did not look good. But you know what, Um, I still, you know, they came back, they won. They have a brand new lease on life playing in this uh, tournament. Uh, I still have a lot of hope for this song. I really, really do. I think at one point looking like they were going to be eliminated to qualifying the way they did in dramatic fashion. I think there's still a lot of uh, life in this club. They're going to be playing a team, England. Uh, Obviously, England is not going to be very easy, but they have played England uh, three times in a European under-21 competition. um, And Portugal has beaten them all three uh, times. Uh, so Portugal has uh, had a good record against them uh, playing in uh, Europe in this under-21 European competition. But England's a bit strong. 
They come into this competition having won all three of their group matches by the scores of two to nil each one of them. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe has uh, scored twice, and they've got five other players that have scored one goal each. So this is always look. Anytime you play England at any level, just like with France or Spain, it's going to be very tough. It's going to be very tough, and there's no doubt about it. But again. I'm really relying on the fact that because Portugal survived the group stage and wound up making it uh, to the quarterfinals, I'm really relying on the fact that the momentum off of that is going to catapult them uh, to making it to uh, the semifinals. This is a competition. You know, you look at the players, Thiago Dantas, Penetra, Tavares. Uh, there's a lot of good young players here. And even though a lot of some people I know are not necessarily happy with Rui Jorge, Let's not forget the team they lost to Georgia won the group that included Portugal, Belgium, and England. Uh, by no means is that, uh, you know, I think that shows that Georgia is a little bit of a, a good team. And, and one of the things, by the way, that I don't like is that if Portugal could beat England, uh, they are going to play the winner uh, in the next round in the semifinals of Georgia, so they might be playing Georgia again, or Israel. But here's where it gets disappointing. Georgia and Israel are playing their quarterfinal on Saturday. Portugal, England are playing on Sunday. And then the semifinal is scheduled for Wednesday. So, you know, it's been a bit weird because Portugal out of Group A is playing a group, is playing a team from Group C. A lot of people are asking me, you know, isn't usually A and B and C and D playing kind of each other? But that hasn't been the case. And now you have this situation where Georgia does appear to be someone you need to take seriously They've got an extra day advantage, and I think that that's going to be something that I think will be very tough. Now, look, the Selesong, all these kids that are playing, João Neves, tremendous goal that he scored, you know, possibly getting a $100 million release cost from Manfica. Portugal has the players to win this game, match and to make it to the semifinals, and whether they play Israel or whether they play Georgia, and I don't care if Georgia's already beaten us, Portugal has the talent to make it to the final. There is no doubt about this. There's no doubt that they have the talent uh, to get there. The question is, is they've got to learn how to beat these bigger countries when they get to the uh, latter round. So this is going to be a very, very tough match. Again, Portugal has had some good results in under-21s versus England. Does that mean anything? No. You're talking about different players. I think Rui Jorge has managed this team when they've beaten England under-21 a few times. But this is also, uh, it's going to be a tough match, but it's certainly a match where if Portugal could take care of business and do what they're doing, having these great young players on the team that, you know, make so much news when they get big, big interest from big clubs, they'd really need to uh, step, step it up. And Thiago Dantas, I'm really glad to see him scoring that uh, winning goal. I think he's got a lot of opportunity ahead of him. I know it didn't work out well with Bayern. I know he played for Tundela. Um, he's got an opportunity where he's been playing in Greece, and there's a chance he might be staying in Greece, but I think he deserves better. This could be an opportunity for some of these uh, players, uh, such as a Tavares, such as a Thiago Dantes, to basically catapult themselves to getting even more attention in Europe and play for a bigger league. And certainly winning a Euro would be a long way. But first, we got to play England, and obviously that won't be a tough end. I have to check, but I think if Portugal also wins this Olympics, they go. if Portugal wins this, I believe they also will be playing in the next Olympics, which we haven't done on a few occasions now. Um, that's always fun to see Portugal playing in the Olympics. Um, the national team of Portugal, the Seleção, 
The FIFA rankings came out on a Thursday before I press record on this, and Portugal is ranked number nine in the world. Not really a surprise. Uh, Portugal is definitely one of the 10 best national teams in the world. I don't think you could say that right now. They're top five, but let's hope they get there. Uh, managers report. The big news this week is that Luis Castro, who's managing Botafogo in uh, Brazil, apparently uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia is very interested in him. Uh, Botafogo released a statement saying that they have yet, again, as I'm pressing record on this, they have yet to be contacted by Luis Castro, uh, possibly moving, um, you know, Botafogo is playing very well in Brazil. They're in first place. Um, but they haven't been told of any changes yet. But I will tell you, there's a lot of fans that are very upset to hear that he might be leaving after only, what, six months? And matter of fact, supposedly there's been some reports in the media. Some of the players have unfollowed him on social media. And as a result, that's become a, a bit of a thing. So will Luis Castro be taking a big opportunity, a very rich opportunity, I'm sure, Adal Nassar and coach Cristiano Ronaldo, we'll see, but that was a big news. Uh, domestically, Vitor Campelos, who decided not to renew with Chavs. There were some st stories that he might be going. I think it was with Cardiff City in the English uh, Championship. That apparently, obviously, hasn't happened. That was discussed a few weeks ago, and that was the rumor. But Vitor Campelos now is being linked with Gilles Vicente. Uh, to me, this is a sideways move. I think when... Vitor Campelos decided, again, per the reports that he didn't want to renew with Chavs, that he kind of had a change of heart. You would have thought he would have taken a step up, and I'm not sure going to Gil Vicente. I mean, look, Gil Vicente two years ago with Ricardo Suazo was a tremendous team in the Liga, finishing fifth. But as we always say, in the summer, there's changes. Your best assets are going to be sold or returned on loan. It's never the same team. And then last year, we saw Gil Vicente finish, barely avoiding relegation, finishing in 15th place. So... Not a great opportunity, I think, for Victor Campelos. I think I would have just stayed at Chavs, but you can't rewrite history, so he's being linked with Gil Vicente. Uh, Daniel Souza, who was the manager of Gil Vicente, and did a pretty nice job keeping them from being relegated. At one point, I think they went something like 15 matches at home in all competitions without losing. Uh, a native of Barcelos, uh, Daniel uh, Souza, apparently has rejected uh, coming back. So don't be uh, surprised if you hear this name, Daniel Souza, uh, moving on to any of the opportunities in the first division. Uh, Leonardo Jardim is going to be, uh, again, you always want to see him managing in England, in uh, Europe. Obviously, he managed in France, um, but apparently he's going to be going to Dubai uh, to manage. So it looks like he's going to be going back to the Middle East with Shabab Al-Halil. And as a result, another uh, big opportunity for Leonardo Jardim. This tells me that maybe he doesn't feel like he's getting a good opportunity again in Europe. And he's deciding to go because he's been sitting out, I think, for pretty much the past year. You know, he's been sitting out. He hasn't been managing. So this tells me that maybe he saw this as his best chance to get a job. Uh, second division, Fadence uh, picked up Ricardo Souza. He managed Mafra up until uh, he was let go uh, in the spring with Mafra. So he's back in the second division in the Santa Maria de Feda with uh, Fadence. Uh, and uh, other news abroad is uh, Ricardo Suarez. Uh, who obviously managed Estoril and managed to keep them up. He left Estoril, and it looks like he's in China now with uh, Beijing Guanou, and unfortunately he lost his uh, debut match 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, And also, José Mourinho apparently also received a very lucrative offer from Saudi Arabia. 
but he decided to stay with Roma after all he's been to back-to-back European finals and he wants to uh, continue to build on his project there so he declined that offer again based on the latest report when I press record on this uh, episode uh, moving along to players abroad Celtics Jota and by the way this is going to be a one-part episode I think that's what I'm going to do for these off-seasons because we don't have a really a lot of competitive competitions going on, so I think I'm going to keep this to one part, by the way. But moving on to the players, uh, Celtics uh, Jota, 24-year-old, is being linked to go to Saudi Arabia to the team that Benzema is on, Al-Atihad. Uh, surprising, I was surprised to hear this. First, look, he's going to make more money, as we know, in Saudi Arabia, of course, and at 24 years old, you know, he's got plenty of football in front of him. But Celtic is going to the Champions League. He is an absolute legend with Celtic fans, a humongous fan base in Europe, a club with the money that competes with the big three in Portugal very easily. Um, But like I said, he must have gotten an incredible offer if this, in fact, does happen. And again, as I press record on this, this hasn't happened yet. But Jota, who I've talked about a lot that I should get, I think should get a call up to the national team once Portugal hopefully wraps up the group in uh, September and allows some younger players a chance in October and November. But I've been very surprised. For me, from the footballing standpoint, I think you stay with Celtic if you're going to be in the Champions League. But from the money standpoint, I don't begrudge anybody. There's a chance to make some very, very serious money here. Uh, one player that took a big opportunity is going to Dubai, and that is Luri Madeiros with Al Nassar. Uh, this is a big loss for Braga. Ten assists, ten goals, six assists last season for third place Braga. But obviously, Luri Medeiros is coming toward the end of his 20s. Opportunity to make some really big money. And if he's very successful in Dubai, which is, by the way, a beautiful place, uh, this could be a, a great opportunity for him. Otherwise, you know, he'll eventually come back to Portugal or elsewhere. But Luri Medeiros has left Braga. This is a very, very big loss for Braga. Ruben Neves is official. He will be going to Saudi Arabia. And again, uh, you cannot deny the opportunity for this young man to set up his life, his family, his kids for the rest of their lives. Uh, Big opportunity for Ruben Neves. Uh, In case you're wondering about the national team, Roberto Martinez has said he will still figure in their plans. Um, So we'll see. Now, will, will Jota going to uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, will that hurt his opportunities? I'm very curious to see if that will be the case. But per Ruben Neves, that apparently is not the case, that it won't hurt him, according to Roberto Martinez. And also some news reported by Ebola. José Funt, of course, the defender, won the Euro with Portugal, had been playing. I think it was for Lille. Uh, the 39-year-old hasn't received any big offers yet. His contract is done in France. Apparently, there might be an opportunity with Estoril. Estoril, of course... You know, signed uh, has already signed the new manager, the gentleman that was at uh, you know um, Vizela, Pacheco. Uh, uh, they are making some big moves. Uh, Henrico Raju is being linked with uh, Sturil, so Sturil is going the path of trying to get uh, you know some of these uh, players or veterans that maybe don't have opportunities elsewhere. This could be a big season next year. We got to pay attention to Sturil, and uh, so oh, Joseph Font, based on when I'm pressing record on this. Apparently, he's being linked with Estoril and a return to Portugal if that turns out to be his best opportunity. Uh, moving on to the legal report, uh, the best 11, as well as all the different categories, were, were voted on and they were announced this past week. First off, the best 11, I mentioned to you the start of it last week. Uh, and this uh, past weekend, they finished announcing it. And that is, of course, Diego Costa, goalkeeper, Antonio Silva, Pep, 
Otamendi and Grinaldo in the back. Otavio, you got João Mario, Tereme, Gonzalo Ramos, and Ricardo Huerta. That is your best 11. I think it's about right. You could have said something about Frederick Ursnas. Uh, Pote of Sporting, I think, would have deserved an opportunity to be looked at. Uh, but unfortunately, whenever you have a best 11, someone's going to be left out. Um, and I think here, uh, I think they kind of got it right. Uh, where there was some controversy, there were a lot of people upset. Um, obviously, Benfica fans. Uh, but basically, didn't, a lot of people felt that Otavio should not have been voted the uh, best player in the Liga. A lot of people felt that if you were going to go with a Porto player, it should have been Tereme. Other people felt if you were going to go with the Liga champion, that it should have been one of the Benfica players. Um, but apparently, the and by the way, this was voted on by the managers, and this was voted on by the captains. So this wasn't media, and a lot of people get upset. They think it's media. No, this wasn't the media. This was the Liga managers, and this was the Liga captains of the team. So you had maybe, what, 36 votes in terms of what this came in, but uh, not many people happy with Otavio. Ivan Jaime, uh, familia Kong, the midfielder, was voted the uh, best uh, young uh, player and Roger Schmidt, of course, no surprise, uh, leading Benfica to the title, was voted as the uh, best uh, manager. Uh, Preseason starting. Here we are in July. We see uh, Vitoria, Guimarães, Vizela, Casapia have already started. Obviously, in the case of Guimarães and Vizela, they're getting ready to play in the Europa Conference uh, playoffs that are going to be uh, coming up. Um, but uh, Braga is also going to be starting when I drop this episode. We've got Porto starting uh, next week. Benfica will be starting next week. Uh, sporting hasn't officially started, but Ruben Amarin is already in uh, Alcachet in the academy. And various players such as uh, Berganza, St. Just, uh, St. Just with a history of injuries. And some of the younger players are already in the academy training and uh, Ruben Amarin is starting. But the official startup will be coming up uh, pretty soon uh, for sporting. Uh, big three, or I'll say big four report. Can I say the big four report, including Braga? But we'll start off with Braga, news, off-season. Uh, and again, this is going to be a one-part episode. So I'm just going to basically talk this through. Braga, big news, Mateus, the goalkeeper. Uh, they were after him in January, and they're back after him again this uh, summer. And that is that Nottingham Forest put in a $4.5 million offer plus bonus to get the goalkeeper of, of uh, Braga, Mateusz. Braga's in a tough spot because he's their goalkeeper. They're going to be trying to qualify for the Champions League this summer. He was a fantastic goalkeeper for them this uh, past season, maybe not necessarily against Sporting in the uh, three matches they played, the two 5 nothing losses and the 3-3 three -three drop in uh, Braga. But this would be a tough one for Braga to lose. Uh, I think if you're not in Amphoris, $4.5 million is not even close to tempt uh, Braga, considering he's the goalkeeper on a team that's going to be trying to qualify for the Champions League this summer. But I could be wrong. That's just my opinion. I told you about Ludi Medeiros, fantastic move for him. Not the greatest move for him to be leaving for Braga, who are going to have one less weapon in the midfielder, although they do have players like Pizzi. Um, I told you about Ricardo Huerta, named to the best 11. Uh, some people thought maybe Pote should have been in there, but I think Ricardo Horta was one of the best players in the league for the third-place team in the Liga, by the way. Um, and um, Thiago Sa has renewed with Braga. That's a big signing for Braga until 2027. And obviously the big story is Al Masrati. Will he be sold this summer? Uh, Braga wants $30 million. And if Braga get that $30 million, that would be a lot of money. It would be their record. Uh, so we'll see uh, what happens with that. Uh, let's go to Benfica. A lot of Benfica news. First off, João Neves, who's playing with the under-21, is going to get a $100 million release clause. Benfica sees his value rising. This is a kid 
A year ago, this time, July last year, early July, was making like 36,000 euros a month playing for the B team. And now here he is going to be uh, slept with a $100 million release clause. Not really a surprise, to be honest with you. Uh, this is one of the upcoming uh, prospects for Benfica and the Portugal national team. Uh, Di Maria, that apparently might be happening later this week. Uh, Di Maria apparently will be losing money if he comes to Benfica. He really wants to come. I think it's because of the Champions League. I think he knows that if he comes to Benfica, he's seen that in the last two years. They've uh, done making it to the quarterfinals. So he's look, he's made a lot of money already. He's won a World Cup. I mean, he's set for life. But he's coming back to Portugal. Looks like that's going to happen. And uh, he's going to be taking less money to come back for Benfica. He had some big opportunities, and he decided to take them down. Uh, Benfica, by the way, I was an uh, interesting thing I read in the newspaper, and that is that uh, Benfica obviously uh, bought Kochu for about $25 million with all the bonuses and all that. Um, but Benfica, in terms of all the money spent in Portugal, the top four sales of all time, number one, Kochu, $25 million. Darwin, $24 million. Jimenez was bought for $22 million. So the three most expensive buys in Portugal have been done by Benfica. So I thought that was interesting that Benfica gets that distinction. Uh, by the way, who's the fourth best sale uh, in Portuguese history? David Carmo, when he was sold by Braga to Porto for uh, $22 million plus, well, $20 million, excuse me, and two and a half in bonuses, which... At this rate, the objectives are not going to happen because right now Carmel had a very disappointing season with Braga. But I just thought that was interesting to mention the all-time best sales in Portugal. Uh, Verissimo, uh, reportedly, Benfica wants to sell him between 10 and 12 million. Uh, Thiago Dantes, the hero of the under-21 win against Belgium, he may be sold for about 3.5 million to his club in uh, Greece, if reports are to be uh, believed. Rafa is generating a lot of attention, 3.5 million salary he wants, which is a little bit more than what Benfica is comfortable paying anybody. Um, he's already declined supposedly a $7 million salary from Saudi Arabia, so he's willing to stay at Benfica for half that. But even for Benfica, that's a lot of money, three and a half million. I think even there's a report in one of the newspapers that he wants a $10 million signing bonus. So, you know, Rafa is a little bit older now. Um, he's still got opportunities to do great things. But he was he, he, he went absent. He went missing for parts of last season. Let's be honest. I think after October up until like January or February, he didn't do a lot. And, and I'm not just because that's the World Cup break. Even when they came back after... I think he went a very long time in the Liga without scoring a goal. So I'm not sure if Benfica sees that. I mean, uh, he's going to come back. They'll, they'll, they'll bring him back, and he'll be playing for his next contract, even though Benfica may not be able to sell him unless they sell him in January. But Rafa making some big news. And uh, Atletico Perinhanets of Brazil, they want uh, basically they don't want to sell their goalkeeper Bento to Benfica until January. This is similar to when Enzo Fernandes was on the team. And his club didn't want to sell them because they want to keep him around for Copa Libertadores. But obviously, Benfica wants this Bento to come in because they want him to complete with Vlaco Dimos. So we'll see what happens. But those have been some of the big off-season news stories this past week for Benfica. Sporting, every day there's been stories about the Swedish striker Goyakers. Um, deals are done. Personal deal is done. Going to be done for $20 million. Coventry wants more. Uh, it seems like if there's been a player this season that's gotten a lot of ink in the press, a lot of attention has been this uh, Swedish striker. Supposedly he will be going uh, to sporting at some point because the other clubs interested in him aren't necessarily big names. And 
obviously going to sporting. He's got a chance to compete to play in the future for the Champions League, not necessarily this upcoming year with the Europa. But that's been a lot of attention. Uh, sporting also uh, paid $2 million more to Fama uh, to now own 80% of Ugart's pass, which is supposed to be uh, done, uh, I think, as soon as this weekend. Uh, sporting, uh, and that what that means is that Sporting has paid Fama $12.5 million total for Ugart, and that means that Sporting will get around $48 million in the deal from PSG. So Sporting uh, this week spent pending two more money to Fama. And then they basically spent seven more on Pote, who also came from Familia Kong, and they now own 90% of uh, Pote for a total of $13.5 million. So Fama's made a lot of money off of these two players who have gone on uh, to go to sporting. Uh, but again, um, if you're Fama, you've got to be really happy. I mean, just, just close to $25 million just alone on Ugarte Bote. That is dream money for a small club in uh, Portugal that you've gotten, not just this year, but the last few years uh, combined. Uh, Sebastian Quach has been linked with Saudi Arabia. We'll see if, if that uh, happens. Uh, obviously, if that does, that means... Sporting is going to have to scramble to find a center back, especially someone as influential as Guach. Uh, Thiago Tumaj looks like he's going to be sold. Reports 10. Other reports say 8. Some say 8.5 million. You never know what to believe until it happens. But it looks like Wolfsburg. He'll stay in the Bundesliga. It looks like he'll be going to uh, Wolfsburg. And uh, one other interesting note about Sporting that I don't understand why they did this sooner. They changed their Instagram username, the name, to SportingCP. I think it was Sporting Clube de Portugal uh, before that. So somebody woke up in the social media department and realized that Sporting CP is probably the best way uh, to go. Unfortunately, a lot of English, no sporting as Sporting Lisbon. Um, and that's obviously not the case. And I'll keep reminding you about that. Moving on to Porto. Uh, looks like Fran Navarro will be announced uh, very, very soon. Um, it's interesting. I've read some stories that Porto has spent during the Conceição era $82.5 million on players that uh, that they have bought that play in Portugal, not necessarily all, uh, outside of Portugal. They've spent, and this will be the next one, of course, Fran Navarro had a, you know, one of the best players. Another player that I thought was left off the best 11 that should have been uh, considered, he was in my best 11. I thought he was well-deserving of that one. I, uh, if you want to listen to what my best 11 was, check out the most recent uh, podcast. But it looks like Fran Navarro is coming in for Gil Vicente. That was a story that was mentioned in January, right before the transfer window. I think it was the deadline day that he was going to be going to Porto, and it, then it didn't happen. But it looks like he'll be coming on, and that's been a long-lost uh, rumor. PDC, Pinto da Costa, has said that Porto will not sell any players at a discount. There were reports that by the day that I'm dropping this, uh, June the 30th, that Porto needed to raise $50 million for financial fair play regulations, but Pinto the Costa in an interview came out and said, no, we've got until you know the uh, end of December to, work, to try to fix and uh, raise some money. So obviously that's not good news for Manchester United fans that were hoping to get Diego Costa maybe a little bit cheaper than the uh, $75 million release clause that I believe is being placed on uh, Diego Costa. Uh, Ivan Marcano has renewed until 2025. Very good move. For Porto, I'm not sure if I if you tried to sell Ivan Marcano, are you going to get a lot of money for him? Probably not at this point, but he is a Porto, Porto 100% through, and I think this is a terrific decision by Porto and Ivan Marcano. A lot of interest in Tareme. The most recent name is Marseille. Apparently his uh, wife, if I heard correctly, wants to stay in Europe. 
Uh, he obviously wants to play in the Champions League, and that's obviously a big deal for him. But he most recent interest was Marseille, in addition to reports that he was also getting interest from Saudi Arabia, which apparently maybe not have been true. But again, I'm reporting uh, before what you know what before I press the record button. Um, Alpola came out with a report and said that the five players that Porto are going to get this summer are a friend of ours who I told you about, Costinho of Rio Ave, Ivan Jaime of Fama. And then uh, Guga of Rio Ave and Ochamachi uh, from Boa Vista. These apparently are the five players that apparently Porto will get uh, this summer. Obviously, Porto's going to need to do some type of selling. So we'll see what happens with that in order to uh, make these uh, deals. A lot of people with financial fair play are really paying attention to Porto because uh, if you're going to be bringing in five very decent players, you got to sell too. So, And Claudio Ramos, the backup goalkeeper, is expected to renew Obviously, he's protection in case Diego Costa is sold. And Rui Silva, who's gotten some occasional calls up to the national team, uh, he's playing with Batiste. He actually had been linked to Sporting Porto and um, Benfica, but the most recent report says that Porto is eyeing him as insurance in case, again, Diego Costa leaves and they want to bring in another solid goalkeeper. So that's been a report that Rui Silva uh, from Batiste is being uh, considered. I'm uh, going to wrap up episode 177 here. First off, Stadio Zelvalad Sporting Stadium will be hosting the Women's Champions League in 2025. That's some really big news. Uh, Portugal women, if I recall, they're playing England this weekend. And then next week on the 7th, they're going to be playing the Stadio de Vesa against uh, Ukraine, one of their final matches before they head off for their first World Cup ever, which is taking place this year in New Zealand and Australia. So if you're in Portugal, especially the Porto area, uh, next uh, July the 7th, which is what? That's next Friday. I encourage you to uh, check it out. And no news about my fifth-tier club, Atletico dos Arcos. Uh, again, they hired a new manager last week. Uh, nothing really gets going with the team until uh, September. Anyway, folks, let me just say always thank you so much for listening. Whether you listen for 10 minutes, whether you listen to the whole thing, you know you're going to get the very latest objective news from Portugal and an opportunity for you to stay up to date in Portugal and give as well as my opinions on transfer market news. Big day on Saturday. Give it a follow. I'll be putting out once I find out uh, who's going to broadcast what from those games. I know it's R- it's on RTP in uh, Portugal. I have to see. I think Univision in America might be broadcasting the uh, Portugal-England game. And uh, so a lot of fun going to be coming up on Saturday to see, if, uh, excuse me, Sunday to see if the Celeson could win advance to the under-21 semifinals. And as always, if you want to say thank you, I tell people, follow it, uh, PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. If you're listening for the first time, follow it on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podcast Attic. Uh, it's on all the major platforms. And you can listen to the audio as well on the PortugueseSoccer.com YouTube channel. That's been going very, very well. I think more people... I'm getting more and more visits on that uh, every day, and that's been going very, very well. And uh, again, obviously, please give it a follow on Twitter, PeaceSoccerCOM. Same thing with Facebook and our Instagram partner account on Instagram, Portuguese Soccer underscore Noticias. So, uh, excuse me, Portuguese underscore Soccer underscore Noticias. Anyway, folks, that's going to wrap up episode 177. This is, of course, an off season podcast. And I'll be back uh, next week. And hopefully I'll have some news for you when I will be going to Portugal. Looking forward to meeting some of you. But as always, I'm going to wrap it up here. Folks, please take care of yourselves. Please take care of your families. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao, everybody.